Hi there. Uh, welcome to Bible Slash Chat. Gus. Hi, John. How are you? Good. Good. How are you? I'm doing great. So uh, we, uh, your your sweet bride, uh, hurt her foot. She did. Yeah. How's she doing? Is she holding up? She's doing okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Glad to hear it. Pain. <laughs> That's always nice. <laughs> You must be a very attentive husband. I am very doting. <laughs> very doting. Speaking of doting, marriage husband. to a difficult man. <laughs> no. Speaking yeah. to uh, speaking to marriages. Yeah, yeah, totally. That's good. Um, we're about to go into wedding season. Yes. Right. Yeah. So um, we are doing a follow up on that wedding video we did. Yeah, the one which about... wasn't even about weddings. It, it was about... more about. Yeah. The issue with um, Alistair Begg, remember? Yeah. And there were some questions as to, okay, so I don't, I, I don't know what kind of weddings I should go to. Yeah. So how would you think through? Like all of us know unbelievers mm-hmm. who are getting married. Sure. Um, and is it okay to go to a, a wedding that two unbelievers are getting married, or sure. shouldn't even we participate with that? Yeah. So this is this becomes a really important question, and the question, I mean, it, so we in the wedding about Alistair, I mean, the video about tra- Alistair Big, we talked about the transgender wedding, yeah, and how we wouldn't probably attend that because you're yeah. witnessing something that's unrighteous yeah. and giving approval to that unrighteousness, um, and then so that 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 obviously sparks the question. Well, then what about two people who are unbelievers? It's a man and a woman, but they're living together. They're yeah. well, they're living in sin or whatever, <clears throat> and uh, or even like what about a person who is a professing believer? Uh, marrying someone who's a professing unbeliever, like yeah. would you go to that wedding, um, and would you would you participate in that? So the way we would think through it is uh, is start, starting from the basis of what marriage is. So marriage in God's design is intended to be one man and one woman being married. Jesus actually affirms this. We talked about this in the video, but it's in uh, Genesis chapter two, yeah. uh, Genesis chapter two, starting in verse twenty four, and Jesus affirms it in Matthew nineteen. Uh, they come. The, the Pharisees come to him and ask him if it's lawful for a man to divorce his wife, mm. and his answer isn't uh, no, you know, or yeah, it's fine, whatever. They're unbelievers; it doesn't matter. It's not a real marriage. Yeah. He actually just addresses uh, the the principle of marriage in verse four, Matthew nineteen four. It says, "He answered and said to them, Have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female, and said?" For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let no man separate, which yeah. is in the old wedding uh, tradition uh, yeah. ceremony. Yeah. So what he's actually saying is it's not an issue of, of spiritual status of those persons. When you have a man and a woman uh, and they get married, that's actually ultimately designed by God. That is yeah. God's design in his sovereign control of everything. And in his design in marriage, he's designed that to take place. So what we would actually say is, uh, if you have two unbelievers, even though they're living in sin, even though whatever they're they're being unrighteous, but if you have two people who are professing unbelievers and they're going to get married, that's a better state for them uh, than living in sin or or li- living uh, not in marriage because marriage is a blessing. So yeah. and it's designed by God. So you would say, hey, go to that wedding, participate in it, celebrate it. Uh, you can witness it. You're not saying that you approve of their lifestyle. You're saying that you approve of the principle of marriage that's contained in a man and a woman getting married. So at that level, we would be totally fine with that uh, and, and attending that wedding. Uh, which is which is actually very freeing. You don't have to say like, "Well, I'm sorry, but you you know you don't have to actually get into the nitty gritty of their personal lives." As long as it's a man and a woman, that yeah. meets the criteria of marriage. There is one caveat to that. If you have a man and a woman who one of them is a professing believer, 
and the other is a professing unbeliever or, or, and, and says they're not saved, uh, even if you're not sure about the, the spiritual status of either person, a professing unbeliever and a professing believer seeking to get married, we would actually not I would, we would actually advise people not to necessarily attend yeah. that wedding. There's a specific reason why. It's not because you have a man and a woman getting married. The principle of marriage is still there. It's because what the professing believer is doing by marrying a professing unbeliever is unrighteous in its own right, uh, apart from the marriage itself. And why would we say that? Well, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, uh, verse 14, mm. Paul uh, tells uh, tells the Corinthians, do not be bound together with unbelievers. For what partnership have righteousness and lawlessness? Or what fellowship has light with darkness? What harmony has Christ with Belial? Or what has an unbeliever, a believer in common with an unbeliever? What agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we're the temple of the living God. So what Paul actually tells him is, hey, don't be bound together. Don't yoke yourself together. Don't be in connection with an unbeliever. And what we would actually say is, uh, a professing believer who is choosing to marry an unbeliever, unless they say, hey, never mind, I'm not actually a Christian, I'm actually an unbeliever, or if that unbeliever gets saved, either one of those is okay. But if you have two people who have a different status before God, one a professing believer, one a professing unbeliever, their marriage is actually a rebellious act for that professing believer. Yeah. Uh, and we would actually tell, we would actually say, don't attend that wedding because you're actually countenancing, or you're actually giving approval to that rebellion against God that's contained in that uh, in that unbeliever's heart. So we would actually say, hey, uh, you need to repent of this. You shouldn't be marrying an unbeliever, and don't participate in the wedding because that puts you in a, a place of confusion. Now, can you can you care for the couple after they're married? Can you celebrate yeah. with them? Absolutely, because marriage is designed by God. So once the marriage is done. The ceremony's done, then they're married before God, and that's a marriage that then you want to celebrate and, and care for them and, and love them as best you can. So at that point, you can step forward, go to the reception, whatever, and, and do those things. But the, the ceremony itself, at that point, you don't want to witness that sin and give approval to that act of rebellion against mm. God that, the, that yeah. the believer is committing. Yeah. Would this go with like um, situations like where there are two professing believers getting married, but they've been advised not to get married for family reasons or for church reasons or because yeah. even the church doesn't know if these people are true believers would you uh, would you say the same thing yeah to that, that that gets even more complex because that becomes like who has authority uh to yeah. give to say yes or no to a wedding yeah um the way that we would read the bible uh would be number one both sets of parents have authority over those kids mm -hmm. to get married so for a couple to get married, they need to have approval from both sets of parents. If either set of parents says no, then you then we would say be patient and wait until that set of parents turns and, and agrees with the wedding. Yeah. Uh, there's there's a caveat to that in the future, but that takes time. Yeah. Um, and then the third party that has to give approval for a wedding of two people who are professing Christians is the the eldership of the local yeah. church they're in. Yeah. And the reason for that is because uh, Hebrews thirteen seventeen it says, Submit your leaders and obey them. They keep watch over your souls. So these are men who are caring for uh, these this couple who wants to get married, and they're, they're actually giving a soul care to them uh, in the process of them getting married. So they actually need that care uh, and that approval from the, from the elders. Now, can a couple get married without the approval of the elders of the church? They can. Yeah. Uh, but would we say that that's advisable? We would say no. That's yeah. not That's yeah. not wise. Yeah. Um, and, it, and so we wouldn't church discipline a couple for doing that, but we would say, hey, guys, like this is very unwise for you to do yeah, that. Yeah. If you had a couple who got married without the approval of their parents, we would say that's that's 
that that is an act of rebellion but yeah. ultimately we can't stop you from getting married what we can say is this isn't wise for you yeah. to do this so again put, it, it puts us in a category that's uh, that it's kind of a little gray area yeah. in terms of the elders a little less gray area in terms of the parents because the parents have authority over the kids and the kids should submit to them yeah. uh, but at the end of the day the um, yeah the, those three parties have to approve a lot of times with weddings, there's a lot of people that approve, a lot of people disapprove, a lot of people have questions yeah. about the couple, all sorts of things. But at the end of the day, the only three parties that really matter are the two sets of parents yeah. and the elders of the yeah, church. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. That's really helpful. That's yeah. really, really helpful. And then again, like back to the Alistair Begg issue, like uh, we wouldn't say, we would say don't attend a homosexual wedding, don't attend a transgender wedding, don't attend any wedding that falls outside of God's design for yeah. marriage, which is a male and a female yeah. uh, joining together. Because of what it communicates, right? We, exactly. We're communicating by attending a wedding yeah. that we are actually party to what's going exactly. on. Exactly. There's tacit approval, right? Yeah. I mean, even in the wedding ceremony itself, the old wedding ceremony itself, it says, uh, we are gathered here to, to, to today before God and these witnesses. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is a literal statement. Like, we are witnessing that this is a good thing. Yeah. And even in the old wedding uh, statement, remember, it says, uh, if anyone here has any reason why these two should not be joined together in marriage, yeah. let them speak now. In other words, here's the witnesses, and yeah. as long as there's no one who says anything, then we're all witnessing that this is a good yeah. thing, which we would not witness is a good thing in this case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's great. Anyway, yeah. hope that's helpful yeah. for you. These are uh, complex topics, uh, but if you have questions on this or anything else, you can always uh, email us at info at faithbibleoc.org. Thanks so much.